I posted on social media, and social media is a dirty, dirty drug these days. Uh, I almost wish I never go on social media because it's filled with, let's be honest, 7%. This is actually a factual stat that I'm hitting you with. 7% of our audience, overall audience, is using Twitter. It's essentially an echo chamber. And when you think about professional wrestling takes, I liken it to somebody going to a restaurant, eating the food, and then bothering to get on their phone and write a Yelp review. Raise your hand if you've actually written a Yelp review. There's not a single person in the room who's done that because that's fucking lame as shit. And you should have better time like to do other shit. Grow the fuck up. But I posted something on the dirty social media and I said what I wish people would learn is wrestling fans are bloodthirsty, disgusting marks that don't care about our well-being, right? Nobody gives a fuck that my forearm's fucked. You don't care. You were just fucking amped that you saw me fucking dump Darby Allen on his head. Granted, so was fucking I. But still, you don't give a fuck about us. You pretend you do, but you don't give a fuck about us. You care about us just as much as, I don't know, the fucking leader of the Romans cared about his fucking gladiators. You don't give a shit. So what I wish young guys would understand and learn is you get way more out of being a charismatic phenom than you do out of fucking risking your life trying to do a maneuver that, quite frankly, might not win you the match. Now, for me, every single thing that I do in professional wrestling is very meticulous because every single thing I do is to try to win. I'm not trying to waste my fucking time out there. Now I will do some things to prove a fucking point, like a fucking headlock takeover, but I digress. Stop being fucking idiots. These people don't pay your salaries. Grow up. Next question. That is Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion of the World. And I will let you know this right right now. I 125% agree with him. That because of the facts that wrestlers take or high, take high risks to do things and they pay too much attention to people on social media. That's the thing. Welcome everyone to the 50th one and if the 50th one edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I'm your host, the main man Shelby Green. Shit the bed, y'all. Hold up real quick. Let me get a swig of this ice cold Sprite and a, a red Solo cup. That crispiness of a Sprite. You know, growing up, I'm a Co- I'm a Coca-Cola fan pretty much. I love products, but Sprite just hits different. Let me pour a little rest in that thing right there. Yeah. Let me hear that. Hear that cup drizzling. Let me get one more sip for you, man. Mm, just hits me so good. Now, it's not better than the Cherry Coke or Cherry Pepsi like I like, but it is what it is. So today, guys, I got a big show to talk with you guys about. Um... First, I have really four main subjects to talk about. Well, three, but I'm going to slide in a little bit here. Um, I at Last week at the end of my show, I got some pointers about, I talked about mental health. Obviously, this is going to be the this is going to be the last show of May that's coming out, obviously, on the 31st. And I, I keep getting here, I keep hearing from people that um, they liked what I said about the, uh, the whole thing about mental health and how we need to take more care of ourselves. And we need to, you know, do the right thing and wear our mental health. And i be honest with you guys, um, I had them break down a couple days ago real bad. Um, emotions were all over the place. Uh, just very, 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 um, just a lot. 
And I decided that uh, I kind of not overstepped my boundaries with people, but I kind of just shunned people away a little bit and I kind of stepped back a little bit and thought, reflected on things. I kind of broke down last night in front of my my uh, girlfriend, broke down in front of her a little bit. Just Emotionally, you break down sometimes and sometimes it happens. And I had a bad episode. It is what it is. I'm not going to make no mens about it. I'm a grown ass man. I make mistakes. Um, I just want to point that out there. It's okay to like say, hey, man, I'm having a rough day. It's not okay to take out the ones you love, like I did. But at the same time, it's also a, a man enough to admit your, your wrongs and your flaws. And that's what I did. I just had a bad day, man, and it happens. Sometimes it just happens where you just, ugh, just happens, man. You know, I, it's hard to explain. You wake up one day, you're ready to go kick ass in the world, and then you might see something like that. You know, you might see something that triggers a memory and that you don't like, and it can ruin you. It happens from time to time with all of us, you know. Let's take another screw with the Sprite. I'm really dehydrated this morning. I'm really thirsty. I think I need. I think it was a Mountain Dew I was drinking last night. I don't know. Ah, so I popped my jaw. So, that being said, let's get into the show this week, guys. So, we are 51 episodes in. The road to 100 is continuing to continue to continue to go. I have said before, and I will say again, that I have a webcam now. The show will be going to YouTube very, very, very soon. I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, we're going to get that rock and rolling. That way I can have guests on you, with you on YouTube. Get the show out there more. Just have a little more fun with it. Like I always do. Now, that being said, what are we talking about today? Last night around 11 o'clock, I posted this uh, thing on my Facebook page. That I posted that I will be recording Night of Champions review for WWE. And the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Their biggest show of the year. I'm going to review them both. And here's the thing. I keep hearing this whole thing about this whole shamash, the shabang bang of we're going to do, you know, I was planning on doing one or two episodes this week. I was planning on doing the Wednesday show and I was planning on doing a bonus episode. Basically, my job is switching transitions through shifts. I'm going back Monday through Friday instead of the Wednesday through Saturday, so I'm I'm very excited about that. Girlfriend obviously has got a lot of um, you know it's better for things at home. I uh, was planning on having Virgil come on the show. Virgil he's got a lot going on with work and trying to figure out because he didn't know he was going to be on call today, and I had stuff going on today, so I'm just getting this recording in now for you guys the way it's supposed to be. And, um, of course, you know, you've got um, the night, uh, Double or Nothing price was supposed to come back and do the show, and we just could not get it done. It took too long, and plain and simple, it happens sometimes. It happens, and it is what it is. Now, that being said, as I'm messing with this camcorder box, I can do the shows myself. I just try to have somebody on here with an opinion that's different than mine that can have it on here that we can have us go back and forth a little bit, have a little fun. So if you get tired of my voice, that's okay. Because this is going to be a long show. It's probably going to be... I will be surprised that I'm not done within an hour and a half on this show. Because I'm going to break some shit down for you guys and everything else. But first, I want to do... We lost a world, a legend in the world of music this past weekend. The legendary Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83. A very... She passed away peacefully in her sleep when I from what I've read. <clears throat> um, so I was talking to Dad this morning about her a little bit. My dad. And we were talking on... Um, 
about her. And he said, you know, back in 1983, What's Love Got to Do With It, man, that was a hit. And people don't realize, like my dad says, she was just more than What's Love Got to Do With It. I can name off hit after hit that she's ran. I'm not going to go through it. Like I said, I'm trying to get through. I'm, uh, I'm going to do this little tribute to her. But Tina Turner is a transcendent for rock and roll. She's probably the greatest female performer of all time if you really look at it. I mean, you, who can you name that's a better performer than, than Tina Turner as an email comes up and I do not care about it. You know, like, who who is a better performer than her? You can't name him. And um, that's just my opinion. My opinion on that. But some condolences to Tina Turner. Um, also, I want to let you know, I got some feedback last week on the show about Billy Graham. I did a whole tribute to superstar Billy Graham on the show. A good 20 minutes of the show, actually, went to Billy Graham. And I got a lot of good feedback on that from people. Um, really good feedback on how... They didn't know that about Billy Graham. Some people didn't even know who Billy Graham was, and they actually looked him up and like, "Wow, okay," you know. Um, and I, somebody, and I was messaged by somebody. You thought about doing a watch along? I thought about doing a watch along for Billy Graham. But I said at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna let let let, let it be and whatever. So, but before we get into the events that I will, my main events, I gotta talk about the cold main event because it's the big news. Finally, after all these years. The welterweight division is finally going to get what they want, and we are going to get we are going to get Terrence Bud Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr. Earl 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 Spence Jr. Earl the Truth Earl Spence in a the unification bout for the undisputed welterweight championships of the world. They're going to get it on finally, July 29th. I'm going to be there that Saturday, and it's going to be rocking and rolling, and it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait for it. I'm excited about it, ecstatic, just, oh, I can't wait. And plain and simple, this is the biggest fight that I've always wanted to see. I've been wanting to see Bud and Spence for a long time. I've been wanting to see this fight. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait, cannot wait. So it's going to be a hell of a time. Excited about it. I can't wait to watch it. Um, as you know, I've been on this record on this show many times. I've called them both out saying that they're both a couple frauds. You need to fight each other. This is bullshit. And they're going to get it on, man. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be a good time to watch that, to watch it live. It's going to be a good time. Now, that being said, guys, um, we also got a little other things about that whole situation. People talk about who you're rolling with. What do you think? I'm rolling with Bud. I'm thinking Bud's going to win by a knockout. I think Bud is going to pressure him. And I think Bud, I don't see Spence like how he likes to get up in there close and slug it out with people. I don't see that happening. I mean, Bud is the type of guy that do you really want to get in there and do that with a guy? Do you want to get in the trenches with a guy like that? Do you want to get in a phone booth with a guy like that? Now, Earl Spence is a guy, defensively, I think they can give Bud some problems. Because he is the bigger of the two. He is he's a little bit longer, I think. And then that he can move from side to side. He moves side to side pretty damn quick. He mean he is incredible with his speed. Now I will say this though. Bud Crawford, however, is the best finisher in the game. I mean, Deontay Wilder is the knockout artist. Javante Tank Davis is at his power for his to have the power at his size is incredible what he can do to people. But make no mistake about it. The best finisher in the game is Bud Crawford. Bud finishes guys. Nobody finishes guys better than Bud Crawford. The pressure he can put you, the angles he can hit you, the fact that he can lean on you and lean on you to the point where it never will look. And the difference I always state, 
about Bud and Spence. The difference I always have why I lean towards Bud. And it's not like a knock because I love both these guys. I'm back and forth all the time with them. But I will say this. Earl Spence fought in 2019, late fall 2019. He fought. Um, Earl Spence fought um, Sean Porter. And a close fight it was. And if it wasn't for a knockdown in the, the last bit half of the 11th round, where Sean Porter got caught by Earl Spence. Plain and simple, that fight probably would have been a draw. That fight was close. And let's be honest, everybody in the world knew that Bud, I mean, Spence won that fight. Spence won it. He won close because of a knockdown in the 11th round because that fight was close. Now, I will say this. Bud Crawford fought Sean Porter. In 2021, late 2021, maybe. I think it was late 2021. And plain and simple. Bud in the 10th round caught him and finished his ass. Finished him. To me, when you take a classifier, that's the one guy. Because Sean Porter was not scared. Sean Porter is a hell of a fighter. Sean Porter is a great boxer. Junkyard dog type fighter. Really gets low in this fucking advertisement. Really gets low with you. Fucking gets up inside of you and just he just he's like a junk he's like a dog a junkyard dog man. He just he's just everywhere man. He, he he you know he's there and he's just he's gonna be on your ass constantly and that's what he was he was he was as a fighter he's retired now. And Sean Porter's you know Sean t- went to went to town with him. Plain and simple, Bud Bud finished his ass and it is what it is. So, and remember, Sean Porter's a similar fire than Bud in a lot of ways. And like, get up inside on you and just making it difficult for you. So, in my opinion, man, Spence, it was Spence that got lucky. He got a lucky, uh, got a left hook in on Sean Porter that dropped him in the, the 11th round. And it won the fight for him. And then you had, of course, you know, you had, of course, you had the thing with, with uh, Spence. And, uh, uh, I mean, Bud beat him. And then let's talk about Kell Brook. We forgot. Kell Brook lost the WBO title, lost one of his World Weight Championships to Earl Spence, and lost it by a knockout in the tenth level round. Bud finished him within less than four rounds, I think. So it just depends on the situation. It just depends. So it is what it is. So July 29th, get your popcorn ready. The biggest fight in the world is about to happen. Now let's get into the main event programs. We're going to talk a little WWE Night Champions. And then we're going to go to AEW. And which event was better? You will find out at the end of the show. But first, I want to make this clear. I watched Double or Nothing Live last night. I didn't watch Night of Champions. Uh, I didn't watch Night of Champions live. I did watch it. However, I did watch it. Um, I did watch it this morning when I got up. I got up early and watched it this morning. I plan on squeezing NXT Battleground in, but I knew I watched that show as well. Plain simple, NXT Battleground was a really good show. I won't point that out there. It was the second best show of the weekend. Just gonna give you that, uh, the three big, the three wrestling shows: Battleground, NXT, WWE's Night Champions, and AEW Double Nothing. It was the, the the second best show of the weekend, and they did a good job with it. it was a really good, really good show, and I was very fond of what they did. So, yeah, very fond of that. Now, let's. Get into the main event of this whole thing. Let's get this thing rocking and rolling, y'all. So, that being said, opening it up with Nia Champions, 
Beautiful promo package. You see the package of what's going on. Promo poster shows Roman Reigns holding both his world championships and Bianca Belair in the background. Night of Champions. They're heading to Jeddah Superdome, which is in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. 13,000 people was attended. But it, it was, it's like it's a really cool stadium. It's an outdoor, like a little small indoor arena, but it's an outdoor stadium. So it, it was really cool. Opening match, it was, and everybody knows the background of the show. This was originally supposed to be the King and Queen of Ring of, uh, the King and Queen of the Ring event. They were going to revive, but they decided to revive Night of Champions, and I think eventually they're going to go with that route. So, opening show, we had the ter- the tournament final for the Ingra, the inaugural, excuse me, World Heavyweight Championship. Seth freaking Rollins versus AJ Styles. Opening show, I saw some people online bitching about this. Saying, why would you open a show with a match like this? Why would you open a show with a match like this? Blah, 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 blah. This is your world championship. Why would you open your match up with this? And I think it was a good opportunity. I had no problem with it. No problem at all, man. It was uh, eight matches on the card. This is the first one. Let's open the show with a bang. Seth and AJ. I watched it this morning. AJ comes out. Looks like Mildar. Seth comes out in his attire. They went 20 minutes and 40 seconds. And I got to admit, Seth got the win one, two, three with the curb stomp. Um, like the storytelling they did where AJ in the middle of the match was selling and Rollins walked in, stepped, went for the stomp, stomped on his hand, stomped on his hand. And, um, of course, AJ went for the pedigree. AJ counted with the pedigree, got a quick near to fall. Seth fighting out of the clash, uh, fighting all the, uh, fighting out of the, um, fighting out of the, the styles clash we did. And Seth counters it, gets the, gets the curb stomp. One, two, three, he wins the world heavyweight championship. In my opinion, I have to say that match was really, really good. I think it was a really good match. Now, I think their match from 2019 they had when Seth was the world champion and he took on AJ. I thought that match was better, but this match was really good. I'm happy for Seth against the world championship. Now, going forward, how long do I think Seth's going to hang on to this belt? In my opinion, this is just what I would do. And maybe I'm wrong. But nine times out of ten, usually when I call something, I, I'm right sometimes. <laughs> well, most of the time. <laughs> I am wrong, though. I will admit I am wrong. Nine times out of ten, I give myself one out of ten on that. <laughs> wink, wink. But back to the situation. Where do I go with? I would have Seth. The rumor is Drew McIntyre is coming back. And the rumor is he is going to be a heel. I think Seth coming back. And working with a heel McIntyre, going to the SummerSlam, getting his title reestablished, I'm good with. I would like to see Seth hang on the title till Mania. And what I would do is, I would have Gunther win the Royal Rumble. And when I would have Gunther, you know, he's going to break the Intercontinental. He's going to hang on the Intercontinental title a little long. We're going to talk about Gunther in a little bit, obviously. You've been spoiled by You know what's going to happen. But Gunther and Rollins, night one. For the main event for the world champion, the, the world heavyweight championship, and I think Gunther wins it finally. I think Gunther's the one to beat Rollins. Now, would I like to see a heel McIntyre beat Rollins? Of course. Would I like to see Austin Theory maybe get his crack at Rollins? Of course, even though he's on SmackDown now. But uh, I think that Seth is. Uh, this is a good opportunity, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Good opportunity for Seth. I'm happy for him. Good for him. Good for him. I like the whole thing. He was teasing how Romans ducked him, everything else, blah, 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 blah. So it's a uh, interesting thing. Maybe it's Survivor Series. We can get that champion versus champion match, just a, a regular match, and we maybe Roman and Seth get it go one-on-one. All right. 
So, the second match of the night, kind of a grudge match. Trish, Trish Stratus, one of the greatest of all time versus Becky Lynch, one of the pillars of rest, uh, one of the four horsewomen of, of NXT to WWE. Um, obviously, we're talking about Sasha Banks and Mercedes Monet, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Bailey. The four. The core four, as I like to call them. So, had a really good match. Uh, Becky, you know, obviously in Saudi Arabia, women can't show any, like, What's the I don't know the word I'm looking. What's the word I'm looking for? But she they wear like like jumpsuits, and Becky Trish comes out. She comes out. She looks great. I mean Trish is Trish. Becky comes out with the Kill Bill homage with a yellow jumpsuit. I thought that was pretty cool. Had a good match. Told a really good story. Uh, Trish uh, Trish was being the the star, kind of running from Becky a little bit, but had her used her veteran ways. I uh, love that, you know. Becky Trish went to chop Becky across the chest across all across the ring ropes for the second time and Becky stopped her and Becky the first thing of offense Becky threw in this match she threw a right hand that was a damn good right hand that caught Trish flush it looked good um love the uh stress the 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 chick kick that uh Trish uh hit Becky with Becky kicked out of that I thought okay um, went for the disarmor, fought out of that Trish grabbed her hair to get away from it I thought that was really good storytelling um, thought it, that that worked out really well, and of course, you know, Trish uh, Becky hits the manhandle slam, which is basically a, a, a knees first rock bottom on Trish. Trish gets her foot up on the rope. She goes, she falls underneath the ring. She rolls out to the ring. Becky goes out of gear, throws her back in the ring. I'm not Becky. Um, yeah, Becky goes and throws her out. Of the, goes goes grabs Trish, throws her back in the ring. While Trish just got the referee distracted. Zoe Stark runs up underneath. Hits her finish on Becky Lynch. Breaks her nose, looks like. And then, of course, she gets hit with a bulldog. She gets hits with a, she, uh, Becky gets, uh, Trish gets in, hits her with her Stratifaction bulldog. One, two, three. Trish gets the win over Becky Lynch. I will admit, I thought Becky would win this, but I also thought they would, if Trish would win, that Trish may need this win because. They're probably going to go to SummerSlam with this. And I will say this. Getting Zoe Stark in there, a girl who I think is very talented, a woman a, f- a woman that is very talented, very athletically, has a presence about herself. I like the fact she got involved. Maybe Trish can give her a little bit, give her a little bit of rub. I like it. Uh, Becky, did, did, you, did you guys catch what Becky did, by the way? Becky took the blood from her nose and kind of wiped it on her face. Gave her like a little scuffle look. So when they're looking back, it looked like she's been in a war. And I thought that was a really cool image. Of course, it plays homage to Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. If you go back and watch Kill Bill, you know what I'm talking about. Where she had the blood all over her face and shit after the battle. So it was great. Um, that being said, I want to cut side of this. And I want to talk outside of this. Trish Stratus has been on WWE television for the last... It started around last summer, but she had a match of Mania... You know, did a couple things here and there, but you know, Trish has done a lot of cool things lately. I want to point this out. I grew up on Trish Stratus, grew up on her, and appreciate everything she did because in that era of the pillow fight and the lingerie, she was kind of the face of that. Her and Lita, but Trish was the more popular of the two. But they had matches. They had matches. Like everybody highlights that. Oh, they were just uh just pillow fighters. No, they had Trish. You had Lita. You had Ivory. You had um, Victoria. You had Jazz. I mean, you had a group of girls that could work. 
But of course, the Tory Wilsons, the Sables, um, the Sunnies. Um, trying to think of some names. Oh, the Stacey Keeblers. They were more focused because of the lingerie and the sexuality. But we all know that there was some women that could work. And unfortunately, and if I, oh, Jacqueline's another one that forgot, Luna Vachon, God rest her soul. There's a lot of women that are, that get don't get talked about because of that. And there's one girl that has set, has just been dogging, who's been dogging Trish for years, Medusa McChillicuddy, Medusa, the SD monster truck driver, Medusa, AKA Alundra Blaze, has been talking about how Trish held women's wrestling back and everything else and blah, 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 and all this whole thing. And, you know, she, you know, you know, then, you know, the big dog, woof, woof, making fun of how she had to bark like a dog on TV. She kind of knocked her. People are saying it's a work. I'm not sure what Medusa's thing is, but she said those things about Trish before. How she didn't think she was a great wrestler. She just had a great body. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I like Medusa. I, I respect what she's done. Her matches in the 90s with Bull Nakano are some of my favorites. I've always enjoyed her. But I mean this. She comes off in this very, very bitter. Very, very bad in a lot of ways. And she knocks, knocking women on how, you know, they don't do nothing for women's wrestling, blah, 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 and everything else. Well, here's the thing. you got When you got fired <clears throat> from... From um, when you got fired from a WWE, the, the WWF WWE in 1995, you didn't have to. When you signed with WCW, you know what you did. You went on live television and took the women's championship, and threw it in the trash in the trash can, threw it in the trash can on live television. I mean, how is a human being? I don't care what money you did with it. I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do that at all. There's different ways of doing that things. Yeah, it was great television, but, you know, it was kind of bullshit that she did that. It was bullshit she did it. And I think she regrets it to this day, even though she says she regrets it. And But she always maintained, but they weren't doing nothing with us, blah, blah, blah. Look, they made budget cuts. Just the women's weren't, they tried a women's division for about two or three years there. It just did not work at the time, and they had to cut things. People don't realize in 1990, 1993 to 1995, the WWF and WCW's business was not that good. Yes, the WWF had some good, some great in-ring work, but their business was down. Everybody knows that their business was flat out down, and it happens from time to time, and it is what it is. Um... Of course, um, everybody knows about how um, um, the whole situation with um, 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 you know she uh, when she went to WCW and did the whole thing when you know in the late nineties what ninety seven ninety six ninety seven she had, they had the WCW had their own women's division and. It didn't work that well. Just women's wrestling didn't catch on. But back to what I was saying, like ninety, you know, like the mid nineties, WCW and WWF had a lot of um, really, really bad, like really, really, um, 
what's one of looking for? They had a lot of uh, bad booking decisions. You know, people were tired of the cartoon era and shit. And obviously that changed later on with the New World Order and ECW coming along and the Attitude Era that changed. But people weren't appealing to women's wrestling back then. And then, you know, we got a little Sable and Sunny kind of got things. Sunny was the first real woman on the internet to get over on AOL. She was the most downloaded female of the 90s on that thing. And everybody knows that. Um, you know, she was the first woman on the internet that was searched. I mean, Sunny was popular at the time. And, of course, you know, you got, um, you know, of course, you got, uh, you know, and whatever. And I think, I think Medusa has a problem with that. Because, yes, there was great women wrestlers. You know, there are great. The Sherry Martells of the world. I mean, I mean, the fabulous Moolah and Lainey Kai and, you know, I mean, all great women wrestlers. There's a lot of great women wrestlers history. I get that. But it just, it just didn't get it. It's just now getting a chance. But it wasn't that big. Now, now women's wrestling is a big deal. It's a huge deal in both major companies. And, and even New Japan is starting to throw things in there with stardom and their promotions. They're starting to let women do their thing now. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, like, good, good for, like, it's good. But Medusa comes off very bitter when doing that shit. She had a hell of a run. She's one of the greatest to ever do it. But she's always going to remember. You remember for the one thing, the woman who went on live television and threw a, a championship belt in a trash can. That's what she's going to remember for, unfortunately. And it's sad because she did so much more than that. With her runs in the AWA and the ladies, her being a valet for the Dangerous Alliance, her work in Japan with Bull Nakano and that crew of guys, and crew of girls, excuse me. The WWF putting the belt on her in the mid-90s, giving her a chance. But like I said before, She's always going to be remembered as the girl that took the belt and threw it in the trash can. Sorry. It's just the truth. And Trish Stratus is a bigger name than you in wrestling. And she always will be. And that's sad. But it's the truth. Plain and simple. Moving on to the Iron Cottonelle Championship match. Gunther versus Mustafa Ali. Mustafa cut that promo that everybody's been talking about. about basically, if he can't be a champion, he can't. he don't want to be here no more. And Mustafa cut a good promo from his bottom of his heart about it. And Gunther comes out. Not a big fan of the presentation with the... the uh, Gunther coming out with the uh, with his animation thing with the flags and shit. Or the, the, the uh, whatever. Not a good idea. Now, I will be honest. Um, this match, Gunther versus Mustafa Ali... Uh, really good match. I will say this. Um, probably out of all the matches on the card, the first three match, the first four matches on this card are really good. But Gunther comes out. He looks like a badass. Mustafa Ali got his ass kicked in this match. Um, got beat up. Got tossed around a little bit. Gunther was making him work. And then of course you know Mustafa Ali got a comeback and he finally knocked Gunther on his feet with a net breaker and came off the top rope with a. 450 splash and got near two. The crowd popped on. People believe it. Gunther makes a comeback, cuts him off, and then Mustafa Ali finally gets a chance to make a move. He goes for the, the 450 again. Gunther rolls out. Gunther hits his double, his running uh, two feet drop kick, power bombs of one, two, three, eight minutes, 35 seconds. Good match, good story. It was perfect. I thought it was good. Right decision there. Gunther goes on. Where does Gunther go there? I told you what I thought. Mustafa Ali, just keep grinding, man. 
Just keep grinding. Single match for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm going to plead this again. Get the fucking name of the shows off your women's and tag belts. Tired of it. Get them off. Anyway, Oscar versus Bianca Belair. And this one, y'all, was really good. Another good match. Unique finish. The Great Muda, a.k.a. Asuka. <laughs> Asuka, they, her and Bianca go back, tell a good story. Bianca comes out, she's over. Asuka comes out, she's cool. Asuka uses the miss. Bianca ducks, and they have some false finishes. Asuka goes over to the ring ropes, spits the mace on her, the, the, the mist on her hands. Bianca goes up for the KOD, and she wipes the mist in Bianca's eyes. She'll know where she is. Uh, Asuka kicks Bianca in the face. She's down. She doesn't kick her in the back head. Gets a 1-2-3 victory. And Asuka's the new Raw Women's Champion. Very unique finish. I liked it. Good work. Good psychology. It was just time. I mean, Bianca, she was the longest reigning Women's Champion of the modern era. She had a hell of a run. It was just time to get the belt off her. And she lost it at a, a Saudi show in front of a sold-out building. It is what it is. Nothing wrong with that. Good for Asuka. Well, the next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Get the fucking name of the shows off the belts. I hate it. Rhea with Dominic Mysterio, Mommy and Poppy, against Natalia. And Natalia comes out. She's a vet. She's been around for a while. It's her birthday. Happy late birthday to Natty on this day. She works her ass off. She's ready to rock and roll. Rhea comes out, and you know she's the future. She's everything. She's got the look. She's got the size. She's got the charisma. She's got the promo. Her work in the ring is good. And she just, she is what a superstar looks like. And Rhea, of course, uh, Dominic is out there talking trash after the introductions. Gets Italian distracted. Rhea jumps her from behind, throws her out, throws her around, beats her up, and hits, does some moves to her, hits the riptide on her. And pins Italia one, two, three in a minute, ten seconds. I'm sorry, Eric. A lot of people online were bitching about it, but I saw a lot of positive things. I mean this. You got over. You have a beast in Rhea Ripley. You want to get her over. She was dominant against Selena Vega. She was dominant against her. She made a couple mistakes on Vega. She didn't let that happen. She jumped Natty before the bell starts. You want to get her get a win, get her over? She got over in that. They had a great they had they they did a great job with that. And I thought it was great. Natalia, I don't think Natalia had a problem with doing a job like that. What does Natalia say? Hey, she jumped me from behind. You didn't fight me up fair or square. Guess what it is? Maybe she can go out and raw and get her shot like that. But overall, I really, really dug it. Alright. The sixth match of the night. Actually, there were seven. There were six. There were seven matches on the card. Not eight. I don't know where I got eight from. Sixth match of the night. Brock Lesnar versus Cody. Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Um, a lot of people have been bitching about one guy named JD from New York, a podcast who has his own podcast. JD is the most malcontent, Skip Bayless like. Everything AEW does is good for the majority of the time. WWE does nothing wrong because Vince McMahon is there. Cody Rhodes is a super Cena. Roman Reigns' title is meaningless because he didn't defend it every week. One of those guys. Bitches a fit about everything. Claims that AEW double or nothing in the show. Gave him was a thumbs up show. We'll debate that here in a minute. But I will state this. Cody versus Brock Lesnar. He's bitched about this feud for no explanation why. Well, Brock Lesnar don't need to give you an explanation. He's Brock fucking Lesnar. 
Brock does need something. And they had a great match in Puerto Rico, I thought. And I was expecting this. They did the angle where Brock did this with The Undertaker about tw- actually 20 years ago. He did this with Taker where he, he jumped Taker from behind and took a, took a propane tank and hit Taker in his hand with it. And as these fucking nut mails, emails I'm getting, these uh, broken, uh, broke uh, Taker's hand with it. He did the same thing with Cody, broke his arm, basically. And Cody comes out and they, uh, Cody, Cody uh, Brock comes out first and Cody comes out and they both went back and forth. And Brock throws, uh, I love what Brock did here. Brock jumped in from the moment, gave him three belly to belly suplexes, and Brock, and every time he threw him, Cody would land on that arm. Like selling arm, and then Cody fired up with a comeback, and then I saw people online, bitch, about Cody started using his cast as a weapon, like forearms and shit. People say he's not even selling his injury. No, he uses his cast as a weapon, and it works. Cody hit a crossroads. They did the Kimura spot. They went back and forth a little bit. Uh, Cody got a couple near falls on Lesnar. Brock, Cody power act like uh, Cody got the Kimura on him first. Cody. Thought it was uh, Cody. Thought you know he was gonna. Brock thought Cody was gonna pass out. Cody fires up, gets a gets a thing, gets to the rope. Good false finish. Hits another crossword. Brock kicks out before two and a half. Goes for it again. Brock picks him with f five. Cody kicks out again, and Brock slaps Kamora on him, and Cody passes out, and the ref calls him. Brock needed to win. Cody need didn't. It wasn't gonna hurt Cody to lose, but they're protecting Cody as long as they can. They did a great job with that. Brock. Pat made Cody pass out. They're going to go to SummerSlam with a third match. They're going to have a third match, and it's going to work. And hopefully, Brock takes the pin in the middle of the ring for Cody, and they roll They roll up with that. Overall, this was really good, I thought. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, main event time. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions against the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokola. The bloodline unraveling thing has been going on for a while now, since the beginning of 20, ever since the Rumble. This has been going on, and I must admit, I was very excited for this match. I knew what happened, but I needed to see it. Solo Sokoa is a badass. Roman Reigns is the number one guy in this business, hands down. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have done a hell of a job being babyfaces, doing a great job. Sami got a hell of an ovation. Obviously, he is. You know, his history of Siberia and stuff. And Sammy had a hell of ovation. He was crying. Roman was sitting there smiling at him and stuff. I mean, it was just a good... It was just a good home feeling. And they had a great match to the point where Solo was dominant. Solo got a lot of shine in this. You saw Solo work in this. They're, they're doing a good job protecting Solo. Um, Roman gets in there. He cuts off pins. He does his... Roman's facials and his storytelling with just the way he... he Roman could literally... Look down at somebody, look up or turn his head, and the place goes crazy. He just has that ability. He has charisma. He has the people. He has the whole world in his hands. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are the perfect baby faces because they can, one, Sami Zayn can sell his ass off. Sami Zayn will sell his ass off. And Kevin Owens can brawl with you, but Kevin Owens will bump and fly for you. So they're perfect for Roman. They're perfect for Solo. So it makes sense. We're going to talk about the ending here. We'll just get through this. And this was just what happened. Roman comes in and he's setting up Sam. Him and Kevin Owens are going back. Was it him or Sammy? So him and Sammy are going back and forth. And Roman goes for a spear on Sammy. Sammy ducks. He hits the referee. And Roman does the most funniest thing. He goes, what's wrong with this guy? Why won't we get up? Like Roman was blaming the referee for getting in the way. 
it wasn't his fault. Roman and Kevin Owens start brawling on the outside. They have a little bit of back and forth. And the Usos come from the crowd. And they jump Owens. And they, lay, they leave laying, Owens laying. They go in the ring. They super kick Jimmy. Uh, Jay super kicks Sammy. Jimmy super kicks Sammy again. And then they go to do a double super kick. And Sammy ducks. And they knock Solo. And Solo got hit. Fell forward. It fell on his ass. And then fell backwards. I thought that was perfect. Roman gets up and sees what happens. And Roman gets in the ring, and Jimmy tries to, he's saying, what are you guys doing here? I told you guys to stay back. Stay back. Jimmy says, oops, we're just trying to help. And he shoves Jimmy off, and Jay gets his child chief come down, and 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 Roman goes, this is no more day one one, no more day one. And he shoves him, he tells him to get out of the ring, as, and he shoves him twice. As he steps back, he turns around. Jimmy fucking super kicks Roman, and the place goes bananas. And I count this. From the moment... And I'm going to say this. Paul Heyman's on the side. And Heyman makes a face like, what are you doing? Jay said, what did you just do? And the commentary was like, and Subtle and Corey, like Corey Grace and Michael Cole weren't like screaming at the top of the lungs. They were like, oh my God. Like, what did he do? What did you do? Like, they were so calm. It wasn't like, I love JR. It wasn't, oh my God. He, he just, he just, he just, he just did. It wasn't that. It wasn't Tony Schiavone screaming at the top of his lungs. It was more of a subtle like, oh my God. Oh my God. He. Jimmy just did it. And Jimmy is sitting there. He's like coughing away. He's sitting there. He's breathing heavily. And Jay goes, what did you do? And he goes, ooze, listen to me. I should have done, I'm doing something you should have done a long time ago. I got you. And he tees up and he super kicks Roman again. And Roman rolls out of the ring. And then you hear Michael Cole, oh my God, what have you done? We got to go, ooze. We got to go. And Jimmy, after that second super kick, Jimmy screams at the top of his lungs. They leave. Solo gets back in. He's stunned. He doesn't know what's going on. Owens hit the stunner. Sammy hits the Luva kick. Solo goes down. Referee slides in. One, two, three. Sammy and Kevin win. Solo is protected because he doesn't know what's going on. Roman does get pinned. And you end the show with Sammy celebrating. Roman shocked. Well, what has happened? The Usos are on the ramp. It was a great show the way they ended. So, my opinion, this show gets a solid A for me. A couple things that would have changed, but I'm not going to go into details. I thought it was a really, really, really good match. Really good showing. Great work. Loved it. Now, what I was going... Now, I want to point this out about this with the whole bloodline thing. From the moment Jimmy super kicked Roman the first time, in 50, in a little over a minute, there were 35 camera cuts in that shot. Their production is incredible. WWE does a great job with their camera work. It's incredible. It, I mean, it is flat out incredible. And they did a great job with this. Going forward, I am so excited to find... I can't wait to watch SmackDown on Friday night. Whew, I can't wait to watch. I cannot wait to watch it. It's, it's going to be... Oh, I just can't wait. I just cannot wait, man. Mm-hmm. Just, I just can't wait, man. It, it just, it was just a great time, just a great ass time, man. And yeah. So that being said, let's talk about Double or Nothing, the AEW pay per view, a Memorial Day weekend tradition. 
and it took place at the T-Bowl Marina in Las Vegas, Nevada, a suburb of Paradise, Nevada. Everybody knows. And I have always been an AEW supporter. I've been critical of them in the past, but we're going to get this rock and rolling. This is their marquee event. This is considered their... They got four big pay-per-views. They got All Out, Full Gear Revolution, and... and, um, and, and um, Gosh dang it. Um, double or nothing. And... Here we go. This is what the... So, the first thing, we watched the uh, the pre-show. The, the nice little countdown show with the, what they did, but they opened up with a six-man tag, a trios match. The Hardys... And Hook with Isaiah Cassie versus Ethan Page and the Guns. And the Matt, Ethan Page's contract was on the line. And if the Hardys won with Hook, then Ethan Page's contract became Matt Hardy's. And this was an okay match. It was against the Guns. And the Guns have a lot of potential. Colton Gunn is probably the star of that group with his size. Um, Ethan Page, I think, is money. Hook had a lot of momentum on him, but it's kind of derailed. Matt and Jeff Hardy, I do, I have a lot of nostalgia for them, but they are getting older. Um, good match. Nothing really too much to remember. It was what it was. Open his show with the 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal. Orange Cassidy is in this, and they had a bunch of guys in, but the final four in this was Swerve Strickland, Champion Orange Cassidy, Big Bill, W. Morrissey, Big Cass, and Pent- uh, Pentagon Jr., and big cast looked like a million dollars in this. Um, good finish. Cassidy wins by eliminating Swerve Strickland. Not too much to remember on the crowd was into it. They really weren't into it, but it was a good kickoff. This is where we're going to start bitching about things because this is something right here that I'm just not. I'm going to talk about and I'm going to say it, and it is what it is. Third match of the night: the unsanctioned match. Adam Cole with Roger Strong accompanying him against Chris Jericho, who has Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager. The Jericho Appreciate Society. And Sabu, the legendary Sabu, the hardcore icon, is a special guest enforcer. And, of course, as we all know that this match had a lot of bad blood in it. The unsanctioned rules. And it starts out, it's a clusterfuck. Guys are fighting all over the place. Sabu puts a couple of the guys through the tables, chases them off to the back with Roger Strong. And then we get Jericho and Adam Cole one-on-one. And there were so many things obvious. My buddy Price and I were sitting there watching this, and Adam Cole, like Jericho went for a lion's salt, and Adam Cole got up quicker than was and super kicked him. The chain spot, um, uh, Britt Baker ran out and started Kendo sticking Jericho. We all know that angle. Soraya comes out and she chases her off. And then, of course, Adam Cole beats Jericho up and starts getting on him and hits his shining wizard finish on him with the chain and then starts being with the chain with him. And Jericho's not defending himself. And Aubrey Edwards calls a match. And Jericho and, and, and fucking Adam Cole wins it. Just out of the blue. Okay. So this match fucking sucked. It, let's just get it out there. This match fucking blew chunks. This match was donkey dick in the most way. It was horrible. And here's the thing. How are you... First off, there's unsanctioned rules, right? Adam Cole comes out. He's got a pair of black Levi, a black jeans on. He's got a cut-off t-shirt, okay? 
He's ready to fight. Jericho's guys are ready for the ring attire on. So I'll, immediately I'm going, I'm rolling my eyes like, Jericho, you couldn't wear anything better than this. Like, wore some jeans or something. Like a, it's a sanctioned match. Like, it's like a street fight. Like, you got to do this. And unsanctioned rules mean this. They don't count. It's just a match. And it doesn't count on the record or anything else, I believe. And the referee can't stop the match no matter what happens. They can't stop it. They're here. They're either count a pinfall or submission. And they stop the fucking match. Can somebody tell me where the logic and the booking is with Tony Khan on that? Couldn't and I want to give the props to I want to give the props to uh, to uh Triple H and NXT. Y'all made Adam Cole look like the, the second coming of uh Shawn Michaels. Tony Khan in AEW has made Adam Cole look just like a normal guy that doesn't even matter. If he was gone tomorrow, nobody would remember him. Kind of like what they're doing with Jay White right now. The guy they signed, a big free agent, that they have fumbled, fucked, and everything else with their booking. There's going to be more guys I'm going to talk about too. Wait till the, the fifth match of the card. You're really going to hear me say some things. The fourth match of the card, which I actually, in this match, I thought was going to be good, and it turns out I was right, in my opinion. FTR... The AEW World Tag Team Champions take it on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And Mark Briscoe is a special guest referee. They did a they had a great match. Good storytelling, good psychology, good false finishes. Um Mark Briscoe got knocked out with a guitar. Referee came run down. Aubrey Edwards got distracted. And Karen Jarrett knocks Aubrey Edwards up inside the head with a guitar. Good ref spot. I liked it. Um good false finish, good work. Mark Briscoe slaps Jeff Jarrett. Um Fucking FTR hit Shire Machine. One, two, three. Good match. Good work. Good psychology. Liked it. Good match. Fifth match of the car. Warload versus Christian Cage for the AWTNT Championship. This is actually, and it was a good ladder match. They did a great job with this. Also, one point out, I like Chris uh, Christian's look with the, the cut-up turtleneck. I like that look on him. I do. Um, they had a really good match. Um, Warload looks extremely jacked. Another thing I want to point out, um, Wardlow was doing some swan did a was doing some swanton action. Um, did a swanton bomb off the off the, the top rope on landing shoulder versus shoulder blades first on the ladder. I thought to myself, uh, "You're a powerhouse. You don't need to do spots like that." Um, Luchasaurus runs down, choke slams Wardlow a couple times. Before that, they did a spot where Wardlow was on the outside and Wardlow. Arn Anderson comes out and helps Warlow. Oh no, no, I take that back. So Warlow jumps up, jumps from the ring apron to the uh, jumps from the, the the top rope on top to the ladder, catches the ladder, and the ladder buckles. They put a wooden fucking ladder in the middle of the ring and it buckled on him. Buckled on him. How does that make sense? Like you put a fucking wooden ladder in the ring. It makes sense, like. God Almighty! Okay, then you get to the mat, the meat of the matter of the match. Warlow is gonna knocks Christian Cage out of the ring. Um, Luchasaurus comes in, choke slams him twice. Arn Anderson gets in the ring, walks up to him. Wardlow grabs him by the throat. I mean, no, Luchasaurus grabs him by the throat, go to choke slam, and Arn bites his fucking fingers off. Bites his fingers, and he's bleeding from his fingers. Luchasaurus then walks Arn to the side of the ring by his throat. 
walks him to the ring like he's going to put him through the tables. Wardlow comes in, knocks him down with a chair. And then Wardlow climbs to the top of this fucking huge ladder and literally falls and does a swanton and ends up hitting the back edge of the table with Luchasaurus in and his body goes through the other table. So basically, he took a bump through a table by himself. Warlord, you're you're a power, you're do you're a freak of nature. You don't need to do that shit. And then Warlord goes in. Uh, Christian Cage gets shoved off the ladder. Warlord power bombs, climbs up there, and cl- grabs the ladder. I mean, it was a good match. I'm not saying that, but it's like I'm sitting there going like, Warlord, you don't need to do this shit. You don't need to do this, man. It's just it just makes my head hurt. The sixth match of the night: Tony Storm challenging Jamie Hayter for the women's world championship, and Tony Storm comes out. She's a heel. Jamie Hayter's music plays. She doesn't come out. Second time she comes out, she gets jumped. Britt Baker runs in. Then Akira Saruta runs in. And Jamie's been having an issue with his shoulder. Everybody says she's really hurt. She goes for a haymaker uh, lariat. Tony Storm ducks. And she shoves her all the way in the corner. And she actually was five feet further than what she needed to be. A lot farther away. So it looked so fucking fake. Hits her face first. She hits the, her Tony Storm hits her her power driver. One, two, three. She wins. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, if, if she's hurt, she's hurt. I get it. But Jesus Christ, could you execute it a little bit better? Fucking a. Seven match of the night. Open rules house match for the six man tag team championships. The AEW World Trios Championships. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Mass with Julie Hart taking on the acclaim and Billy Gunn. It's like yeah. I actually enjoyed this. This is another match that I thought was really good. Not there ain't too many on the show I liked, but this match was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. I think the acclaim are still over. They still have some. They still have some stuff left with them. Um, Billy Gunn had a really, really good work. Worked really well with these guys. I thought. And then of course you got House of Black, who I think are money. They had a good match, good work. Uh, Billy Gunn got the hot tag, came in there. I also like the spot with Anthony Bones where Malachi sat down, just looked at him, and then Anthony Bones got and did the whole scissor me, uh, like did that whole thing. Matt Castor came in, got his ass kicked a little bit. Bones got his ass kicked, and Billy Gunn gets in there. He starts cleaning house. Drops Brody King, drops Billy Matthews as he's coming to turn around. Malachi Black hits his 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 super kick, the black mass or the pitch black kick. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. Billy Gunn takes the fall. The acclaim doesn't. Good match. The next match, the eighth match of the night, the singles, uh, a singles match for the AEW TV champ, TBS Championship, Jade Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie. Jade is 59-0 going into this match, and Jade is going up with Ty Valkyrie. Jade goes in there, and she kicks. Her and Ty have a very strong style, very physical match. Ty hit the road of Ahala, which is Jade's finish, basically, and Jade kicks out. Jade counters her quickly, picks her up, and hits her at one, two, three, pins her in the middle of the ring. She beats her. Then as she gets up for the ring, she gets up. Mark Sterling gets on there and says, 60-0, and nobody wants nothing. She just opened challenge thing, and all of a sudden, music hits Chris Statler in a return. She comes out, and Statler looks fucking fit. She looks jacked. She comes in the ring. She comes in the ring. They The bell rings. Chris hits a couple moves. Jay cuts her off. Jay goes for it. Chris counters it, gets, hits her fucking finish on her, one, two, three, and she loses. And she's the new TBS champion. Jade is now 60-1. and one. 
She got beat on the challenge. She could use the excuse like, I got to be with Open Challenge. I've been in the ring for a while, blah, blah, blah. And it was a good match. They had, And it was a good story. And it actually was the biggest pop of the night, to be honest with you. And then, of course, the next night, um, MJ, then the, of course, the double main event, they call it the four-way match for the AEW World Championship goes on next. MJF versus Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin and Jack Perry for the AEW World Championship. And, of course... Um, they come out. MJF has a great interest. They do a lot of good things in this match. I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was the match of the night. And good heel work by MJF. Sammy Guevara announces him and his girlfriend, his wife, Tay Mello, are having a baby. Congratulations to them. Darby Allen is leaving soon to go climb Mount Everest. Um, okay. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is... Uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's a little boring on the microphone, but I think he's a good baby face. They worked. They had a great. They had did a good storytelling. Um, a lot of near falls in this. They went 27 minutes, and I mean, it was a it was a quick, quick and easy 27 minutes. I thought really long, good storytelling. Um, went all over the place with it, and I thought it was good. Um, um, Sammy Guevara gets knocked out of the ring. Jungle Boys lay in the middle of the ring. Darby Allen jump does his coffin drop. MJF slides the belt in. Darby lands on the belt. MJF hits the. It kind of it hit Darby in the back head. Darby is kind of knocked out. MJF hits a uh, side headlock takeover. Wins and hooks him one two three. Wins the match. Before that, they teased that you know there had been building up about how Jungle Boy Jack uh, Jack Perry doesn't have a killer ink sneak in him. He doesn't have it in him, and he had a chance to clobber Darby Allen with the belt, and he didn't do it. So they kept that story in. Good storytelling, I thought. Good match. MJF, the right guy, wins. The main, the other main of double main event, the Anarchy in, Arena, Anarchy in the Arena match, the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, John Maxley, Claudio Casanoli, and Willie Yuta versus the Elite, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page. The Elite come out to the Carry On Way by Wayward Son. They come out to that song. Blackpool Combat Club comes out to the worst edition of Wildman I heard live. And I have no idea what the fuck that... The lead singer for that band, I don't know what the band was, Sing a Wild Thing. He comes out and he's wearing all black. He's wearing a black half mask and underneath he's got black face paint. It looked like he had black mask on. Black face. Like the black, what they used to make fun of black people with. And he's literally got it on. I'm sitting there thinking like, Tony, how can you be that fucking dumb and no, not notice that? Like, that's not a good idea. And, of course, they let it happen. They're playing wild thing. They're brawling in the arena. They go up to the arena. The young bucks kick him in the face. Blah, 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 blah. They knock the ring singer out. Good blood in this. Moxley, of course, is the first one to fucking get some color because you know that's what John Moxley does. He likes to bleed. And that it is what, you know... He likes to fucking bleed. And it it was okay for what it was. I mean, Anarchy Arena is basically, it was basically their reason. Um, It's been a, it's it's a very crazy thing because Anarchy Arena basically uh, replaces Stamp, Stadium Stampede, which was a match that was created by the Inner Circle. 
And, of course, Don Callis is at ringside. And they're doing a lot of great things. They're, I mean, there are a lot of good. I mean, there's some good spots to this. I mean, Omega's working his ass off. They did some spots with some thumbtacks. The Matt Jackson super kick spot where it exploded was kind of boring and lame, I thought. Um, but they had a lot of good things, good brawling. I think the best work of the night in this match was Brian Danielson's work with Hangman Page. I thought they did some great things together. Uh, Hangman took the eye patch off, showed his eye was healthy. Um, uh, Hangman came in there, uh, got cut off with a screwdriver, and then Kenny Omega makes come back, and he's about to hit Wheeler Yuta with the wing, the the with the the one wing the one wing angel. Don Callis is in there, and Omega knows he's there. He drops him. He goes to grab Callis, and cameraman comes out of nowhere, and it's it comes out and blindsides blindsides Omega, and it's Koshi Takashi, if I say his name right, who has basically been around a little bit. Um, um, basically knocked them both out, uh, knocks them, knocks Omega out. Omega gets le- left laying, and Wheeler Yuga's gets pinned, and the Blackpool, Com- Blackpool Combat Club wins it. And you see Don Callis at the end of it chokes Omega out with the belt, and they're standing there with him and uh, Koshi are standing there with the um, with the fucking um, with the Blackpool Combat Club, and at least the question are are they with them now? So that was the end of Double or Nothing. I'm going to say this. This isn't a fault of the talents. This isn't their fault. Las Vegas is usually a hot-ass crowd. And I mean this. And I wholeheartedly mean this. Tony Khan is slowly, steadily losing control of a booking. His booking is getting way out of lax. There's no consistency at all with his with it with him with his booking. I like a lot of things AEW does. I like a lot of things that they do. They got a lot of great things. But I mean this. You gotta figure out something because you can tell her he's having too many people in his ear. Oh, by the way, I won't pour it out. The worst segment of the night happened backstage with after Jericho had got knocked out by that steel chain, you think he's he's hurt. He's unconscious. Him and Saray are doing the worst backstage promo. And they challenge Britt Baker and Adam Cole to a mixed tag match on on um, ramp on um, on um, Dynamite. And one of the security men said, "Hey, you can't be back here. What are you doing?" And Jericho basically fireballs on the security guards, and he misses the guy. I mean, you're gonna miss the guy anyway. But here's if you see my direction, my hands up to my face, and my my hands, my left hands up to my face, and my right hand is like way far away from me. Just takes a couple step backs, and the fire doesn't even get close to where you tell it's noticeable. He doesn't hit his face. It's just bad booking, bad segments, bad sword playing. Last year, double or nothing, they had a house. Oh, another thing. Here's another thing. Last year, double or nothing, they had a, they were sold out. Almost fifteen thousand people had a million dollar house. CM Punk was in the main event. They had great booking. Wardlow got his hands on MJF. Everything worked. Everything was doing well. Everything happened. A year later, they're giving away tickets at a fucking burger place to try and fill the place up. Barely 11,000 people there and have empty seats in a section where you can't cut the fucking camera off. Oh, my God. 
At least WWE, when they have empty crowd spots, they can hide them. Lately, they don't do that. They're, the buildings are sold out. They sell out everywhere they've been right now. They're hot. And unfortunately, AEW has trended down. Ever since that shit happened in Chicago a year ago with the CM Punk drama, the bullshit with the elite, Tony Khan not having a fucking backbone and putting a fucking stop to it before with Hangman Page back in Double or Nothing, the go-home show for Dynamite when he Page shot on fucking Punk in the middle of the ring, like everybody knows about. It's been a mess. It's been a clusterfuck since then. Nothing's working. Everything's over the place. Nothing makes sense anymore. And it just it's just bullshit after bullshit. Moxley not want to put it over Punk in a way, but completely squash him in the ring, similar to Rocky Three, but Rocky Three actually had a build up to it and everything else, which made no fucking sense. Okay, makes sense. Um, how and Punk comes back, he's blamed for this, blamed for that. When he didn't do a fucking thing wrong, it was just Paige and those guys going off the bullshit of Coke Cabana, going back and forth that, and it hasn't stopped. Let's not talk about the fact that you had a chance with a guy like Wardlow to make him a muck and a fucking star, a guy that can potentially take, and he's been fumble-fucked and used. He's been buried. He's doing high spots for a guy size he should not be fucking doing. It's like, has anybody ever sat down and looked at Warlow and said, hey man, you are six foot four, 275 pounds. You don't need to be leaving your fucking feet. Unless you, unless, okay, do you want to swan off the rope? Ropes, okay, fine. Jumping off ladder shit, does that make sense to you? So when you get hurt and you're out for television for six months, people forget about you, come back, you got no steam, what's going to happen? My point exactly. So what do I think about double or nothing? Shit show, crowd was flat, everything was wrong. Nothing made sense outside of the FTR tag title match, outside of the, the trios match, and uh, the trios match with uh, the House of Black and the world title match. Everything else was a shit show. The unsanctioned match did not pale, not, did not do well enough for me. It did not do anything but make me just go, Jericho is trying to do too much to be cool, and it makes no fucking sense. Um, Warlow Christian, I highlight. I like the match, but Warlow just doing these fucking stunts for size does not make no sense. Tony Storm, Tony Storm and JB Hader, I wasn't a fan of. I get why they took the belt offer, but the crowd didn't give a fuck. Che, Gay, uh, Jay Cargill and Ty Valkyrie was really good at what it got a little slight, but it was good. Chris Statler had the fucking pop of the night when she came out. I said what I said about the um, MJF and. The Jungle Boy match, but the Blackpool Combat Club match, I'm just like, the, the Anarchy Arena, I'm just like, why? What the fuck? Just stupid shit. And then here's another thing like this. I mean this. Sabu is a legend. But here's the thing. Tony Khan banned Hulk Hogan from his company because of the racist allegations and everything else. I get that. I, I it's, You can do what you want to do. I get that. He, he, he talked about that openly. So you allow a, a rock singer to damn near wear blackface on your fucking national pay-per-view. And not only that also, not only that also, you then turn around and have Sabu who is going on Twitter rants, who is called Taz, a, a certain word about black people you're not supposed to use, called Jim Ross out, says some derogatory things about him. Just all these things, but you bring Sabu in because you're an ECW mark. Makes a lot of sense, Tony. And here's another, and here, and here's the the other one that really just fucking chats my ass the way what things are what things are. They, you, oh god, it just frustrates me because I want AEW to succeed so fucking bad, man. 
I really do. I want them to succeed so fucking bad because I, I don't want to be in a Monopoly game. But I feel like this pay-per-view is up there with the WCW 2000 pay-per-views. This is up there with some mid-2010 pay-per-views that WWE put out there. I mean, this was bad. I mean, this this makes TNA Wrestling, some of their pay-per-views. And by the way, shout-out to Impact Wrestling lately. They put on some great fucking programming. Great programming lately. It, it's just... They're done. Their company is slowly... And they, and they now announce they're doing another television show called Collision. On Saturdays. <laughs> I, I just... I want to succeed, man. I know they're going to Wembley. I know that's coming up. And I, I, I can't wait for them. It's just... I just I just don't know, man. My 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 fucking head hurts. And then some asshole online, some assholes are talking about, well, the reason why the crowd was flat because WWE took them away from Battleground. No, no, no. Battleground took place in Lowell, Massachusetts. Double Nothing took place in fucking Las Vegas, Nevada. They're completely across the world from each other, across the country from each other. Shut up. That don't make no sense. So what do I think about that's a guy. Excuse me. What do I think about this show? On a scale of one, uh, as a grade level, it's a fucking D. A D plus. I mean, it was just horrible, man. Just a, not a good show, man. Not good at all. And by the way, so if you listen to what I said before that, obviously, Night of Champions was the best show of the weekend. Battleground was second. And of course, the third and final one. That fucking show, that abortion of, that abortion of Double or Nothing. Damn shame. Flagship show abortion-wise. Fucking horrible. Good job. So that includes, guys, this week's episode. Like I always say, I appreciate you guys' support. And just remember one thing. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up, AW, get, the sh- get your shit together. Have a good one, y'all.